Chiefs. Go in there, and I hope they're brats today. I'm preaching extra long today, too. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, um, I really debated on this. I was going to show a video, and then I, I, I just don't. Anyway, I, I'm not going to show the video, but I want to show a picture. Um, you can get on YouTube and you can watch, you can watch pictures of a lion attacking prey over and over and, uh, you can get that off of there now. But, uh, I, I, I love hunting, always have, but, um, that, that, I don't know. I, I just don't like to watch those, you know, I, I don't like to watch how, how cruel nature is and it's just survival, you know, but, but you need to go on there sometime. I think it, it reminds us of uh, uh, how important it is that we realize of the spiritual battle that is going on around us and, and remember the enemy that is seeking to destroy us all the time. Remember in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, uh, Peter is writing and he says, Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, you need to remember that God obviously moved uh, Peter to write this, and God inspired the words to be uh, to, to that that David had written, and uh, but or that Peter had written. But you need to remember who wrote this too, and that God God used Peter to write this, and Peter is the one where. When Jesus was uh, washing their feet and showing them a sign of humility, that Peter said, "Hey, you need to, uh, uh, you don't need to be washing mine." And and God and Jesus said, "Yeah, I do need to wash yours." And and he said, "Well, if that's the case, then wash all of me." And you know, and then all of that. And and uh, but before that, he was he was uh, talking about his crucifixion, and Peter was saying, "Hey, we're not going to allow that to happen." And do you remember what Jesus told Peter? He said, get behind thee, Satan. And then he said, Peter, Satan is trying to sift you. And then later on, we know that it was Peter that denied the, the Lord. And, and we, we know the, the guilt that he went through in, in all of that. And, and so Peter understood the attacks of Satan maybe a little more clear than some. And and so he writes that, and, and he writes something that those guys during that time would understand. Th those who were shepherds that, and not only a shepherd, but look, there, there were roads that they didn't travel unless they were armed and they had a group of people because there were wild animals that would, uh, not only robbers, but there are also the wild animals that would kill them along the trail. And, and, and the lions obviously were prevalent during that day over there because you remember Samson killed one with his bare hands. We know that David killed one and uh, with a slingshot. And and here Peter is writing them about something that that was prevalent. And and to think about how how how, how vicious these animals are. And, and uh, I remember that that movie made it famous. But there's a couple of lions that are in uh, uh, University of Chicago, I believe, where. Those two lions over in Africa killed hundreds of people, and and uh, I almost I, I would believe that those animals were probably possessed uh, to do what they did during that time. But anyway, getting off the subject here, but I, I want us to get a picture in our mind of of how vicious that those lions are. I, I don't know if you've seen the one where it shows all these wildebeest running by and and. And uh, the, the one female lion is there and watching them run by. And then the male just jumps in there and whacks the wildebeest, breaks its neck, you know, and, and uh, eats it. And, and it just shows us how vicious and how quickly uh, those animals lose their lives all throughout. And, and as I was giving thought more and developing this message more, and, and it's, a, it's a continuation of, of last week's message on how to have the kind of mindset to help others, and and it's uh, 
it kind of took a different direction than, than maybe last week, but, but it reminded me as, as I was reading this and, and, and thinking about helping others that, you know, we as a, we as a body, we, we need to be willing to help others, but we also need to understand that in this strategy to help others, we also need to make sure that we are what we need to be. And, and we need to be in a place where, where we can help others, and, and, and we need to be careful with that and, and uh, guard ourselves because, you know, th- this reminds me as I get into this, and we're going to go to Nehemiah here in just a moment, so you can be looking for the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament, but we need to be herd bound, and I hope you understand that, but we, we truly need to be herd bound, and, and we draw our strength from from God, but we also draw our strength and our security from each other, and and how we need to to use this corporately as we think about others, and 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 this it, it is an individual task that we have that God has allowed certain things in our lives that others haven't experienced that not everyone has, but just a few others maybe. But and God wants you to use what you've gone through to help those around you and. Those may be going through the same thing, but you still need to be doing it corporately too. I hope you understand that, and, and I hope you'll see and, and notice that more as we get into this, because it's you look at the animals that are that are food. Those that end up being destroyed are those that are young, those that are sick, but also those that aren't hurt bound, and they get away from everybody else. We see that they end up losing their lives because of that. I look. I was watching one of these where where the lion himself got himself in trouble and and got alone, and a pack of hyenas was about to kill him until his buddy came in and 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 uh, saved his life. And and uh, so even those that think that you're the most powerful and that you can do this on your own. Uh, you find out that you can't. And so I, I pray that this will be a help today as we have the right mindset in helping others. And, and I pray that, that we can uh, uh, do this together and see God being honored and glorified in this. Now, last week we looked at the first two points of having a mindset for others. And we need to recognize Christ's ownership. And then secondly, we need to embrace responsibility and, and be responsible for who we are and the things that we do, and and knowing in, of his ownership, knowing that living in an, uh, in a in a wicked world and and the devil's playground, and and truly this is the devil's place that that we live in today. That bad things happen to good people, and God doesn't keep us from all of those things. We we live in a bad world, and bad things are going to happen to everybody, and. And we're not, we're not safe from all of those things. They are going to happen around us, and sometimes they're going to happen to us. And, and it's, a, it's an evil world, but God never changes. And God is always full of grace. God is always full of mercy, and, and God is protection. And, and whenever there are things that go wrong in our lives and things that happen in our lives, God has allowed those things in our lives so that our faith can be strengthened and that and more so that God can use you to help others while we are here in this world and help each other. And, and we need to, to have that kind of a mindset. But, so we need to understand Christ's ownership of us when, when we trust Christ as our Savior. We need to understand that own responsibility for who we are and, and take responsibility for those things that's gone on in our lives to use them for others. But we also need to have a strategy in how to do that. And that's the third point. And the first point of today is developing a strategy. Look in Nehemiah chapter 2. And, and in the book of Nehemiah, the, the uh, uh, Israelites had been taken in captivity. And, and by that, Assyria had come in and they came into the city of Jerusalem and, and they came into the nation of Judah and they said, look, you guys need to give up because we're a great army and you're going to become our servants, you're going to become our slaves and, and you need to give it up. Well, they fought and they tried to do it and, and God said, look, you're going to be taken captive because of your rebellion, because of you not following me and not doing the things that you ought to do. And so they came in, they took them captive and, and when they did that, they killed most of the fighting men. 
I mean, you need to understand the bloodiness of, of what took place in God's wrath upon this nation that chose not to follow him the way that he should. Look, we're, we're playing with fire in our own country whenever we think that we can turn our backs on God and, and think that we're still going to be able to stand and say, God bless America, when, when the Americans are turning away from that. When we have the very churches that are supposed to be representing and preaching the Word of God and, and representing the truth and the holiness and the righteousness of God, and they look nothing other than like the rest of the world, and they stand for the same things that the world stands for. And, and can you and, and, and yeah, hey, I, I was one year old when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl last time. But can you imagine bringing that into God's house and, and, and watching the, the, the commercial of the cross-dressers and telling us that transgenderism is okay? And we bring that into the house and we're going to worship God together as we watch some trash like that. And, and, and our churches have become and, and look so much like the world and act so much like the world. And, and then we want to stand up and as we watch 60-some million babies that have been killed and said that it's, that it's okay. And, and PETA comes out today and, and, and then the leader of PETA says that, that uh, 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 Pascagoula uh, Phil or whatever his name is, the, 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 the oversized prairie dog that saw his shadow, you know, or they didn't see it today, you know. And, and they said now that we need to turn him loose and put him in a sanctuary somewhere and, and, and we need to use a fake groundhog to tell us whether he sees his shadow or not. You know, you send that prairie dog to the, to the sanctuary, he gets the bubonic plague and he's dead tomorrow. That same guy telling us that our pets, we don't call them pets anymore, but we call them companions. We have the, the leader of the Humane Society that came out a, a few years ago and said, the life of a puppy is as important as the life of a child. As a matter of fact, we've gotten to the point where go out and kill a bald eagle and you can sit in jail for the rest of your life and you can stick the you can take a pair of scissors and stick them in the back of a baby's head and say that it's a woman's right. And we say God bless America. You know, we need to stand up for what's right and what's righteous and and we need to understand the devastation when God says that's enough. And here we saw that happen to his chosen nation. And he wiped them out. Not, not totally, but their cities were knocked down. The walls of Jerusalem, all the gates were knocked down. The walls were knocked down in that city to where there, there were no borders at all and, and they could come and go anybody that wanted to. You couldn't protect yourself from the thieves. You couldn't protect yourself from, from anyone that wanted to come through and, and uh, take whatever they wanted. And, and so they have now been in captivity for 70 years. And it's that time that Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. You know what a cupbearer did? The king would have his food brought to him and have his drinks brought to him. And because they were so wicked, he didn't know whether his own people liked him or not. So he'd make Nehemiah take a drink of that wine and, and, and uh, drink of it and uh, uh, take bites of his food and make sure that if Nehemiah died of the poison, then he wouldn't have to. That was Nehemiah's job. Boy, that'd be a good job, wouldn't it? I guarantee you that if you're a believer, your prayer life would be up to date. Every moment. You would understand living moment to moment. Three meals a day. Five meals a day. I don't know how much the guy wanted. Whenever he wanted to be indulged, he would take whatever. And, and so Nehemiah was a cupbearer. But he had such a heart for his country. And, and he wanted to go back. And, and he wanted to go back because... There had already been a group go back that, that was going to go back and, and rebuild the temple. And so they could start, those that were left there could start worshiping their God again and, and using the temple. And, and, and then there was another group that was uh, preparing to go back that was establishing worship. And, and, and they were going to get that all set up and allowed to go. And now Nehemiah said, well, we can go in and we can do these things, but how are we ever going to be safe and be able to protect ourselves whenever uh, all of these things are happening? And, and how can we truly be effective when, when we don't have these walls? And he said, I really want to go back, King, and, and I want to rebuild these walls and, and, and make it a safe place where we can worship God. And that's what he did. And 
chapter 2 and verse 12, And I rose in the night, I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. As I read this, and we're going to go through this, okay, and I, and I know I spiritualize this a little bit, but it goes along with the idea of helping others, okay? Now, you have put on your list, and some of you didn't fill one out, whether it's apathy or you just didn't see the importance, or, or maybe it's just too hard for you to even want to be able to share it with someone else. Hey, I understand that. And so, but every, every, those of you who had filled that out and, and you wrote those things are the worst things that could ever, that has ever happened to you in your life. And, and you need to, and if you are willing then to focus on others, then you need to try to develop a strategy in how you can use what it is that you went through to help somebody else that's going through the same thing. And you need a strategy. And, and it doesn't need to be shared with everybody. And here, Nehemiah comes back and, 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 and he rides in and he's quiet about it. He rides in at night and at first he doesn't share this with anyone. He just wants to see the damage and see what's going on. And, and I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. And you know what I picture here? I picture that as, as he rode in and he saw this city and all the walls are knocked down and the, and the gates are knocked down and the, the effectiveness of, of, of the commerce and everything was gone and, and, it, and it's, it's a wreck and it's shambles and, and there's nobody to lead the way and there's nobody to, to fix these things and, and picture our church body being exactly that. Do you understand that, that we have people that are broken today? Everybody in here that I guarantee you everyone in here could have filled out a piece of paper and written something that was awful that has happened in their life. We live in an evil world. We live in a broken world. We are broken people. Every one of us have things that we just don't want to remember. We, we've done things that we don't want to think about in our own lives. Everybody here is dealing with something. I don't care who you are, and if you think that you're not, then hang on, Nelly, because you're getting ready to go through a wicked ride in your life. And, and, and here we, we need to understand that as we come together, that, that the only one that's perfect is our God, our Lord, our Savior. That's it. And so we come together today and, and know we don't want to continue to live in our sin. I don't want you to live in your sin. I don't want to live in my sin. And so we don't come in here flaunting our sin. We don't want to think that, that everybody is going to justify what you're doing and, and accept all of those things that you're doing. We love you and we want to help you, but you need to mend the brokenness in your life. And there needs to be a time where you start patching up the walls and, and you start patching up the sides and, and you start doing the things that are going to make you effective in your walk and in your life. Well, Nehemiah knew that. He goes into this city and I'm sure his heart was broken to see the devastation of, of his families that had died and those that were gone and, and now here. You, you think about, you go back and... and and read about Solomon's temple, and you read about how, how, how uh, beautiful that place was. Uh, I mean, they sacrificed, boy, Peter would be mad. They sacrificed over 100,000 animals in, in uh, 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 just a few days in, in the, the dedication of, of the temple. I mean, it was amazing to think. And uh, the stuff that was overlaid in gold and, and brass and copper and I mean, it was a gorgeous place, and now Nehemiah walks in there and it's gone. I mean, it's the devastation. You know, there, there are times where, where we look at our lives and you see this devastation and you think, how in the world can anything come out of this rubble? And how in the world can, can God do, do something? God can do anything. 
It may be impossible with men, but it's not impossible with God. And oh, how we need to look to Him, and and we need to and we need to develop a plan, and as He did. And so then said I unto them, You see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach, a, a shame, and a disgrace that that the rest of the world sees. And and then he goes on, he says, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. And then here's the thing I want us to focus on. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. So as we give thought then in, in our brokenness and, and in the, the, the issues that we are dealing with our lives and and, and, and we're thinking then, and now I am assuming here that you are wanting to take what you have in your life and help others, okay? You really need to get to that point in your life if you're ever going to heal. Otherwise, you're just going to walk around with an open wound, and it's never going to get healed. And you just got to come to a point where, where and, and the wise will come up. I understand that, but you cannot let that devastate your life where you cannot be used you have to move on and and God will give you all the answers one day but it may be when you're in heaven but we need to go on and we need to learn how to heal and and how to let God do that and so we need to start rebuilding and 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 those of you who who can do this then be the Nehemiah be the one that says, hey, God is going to do a good thing here. And God is going to be able to use my herd and, and, and these devastating things in my life to, to help someone else and to, and to warn someone else. And, and so then I need to ask myself, so if I'm going to do this, then I need to develop a strategy. I need to have a plan. And, and to do so then, first thing that you need to do is you need to find strength. You need to find strength in the right place. You don't need to have false courage. You don't, you don't need to have bravado. You don't need to have whatever it, it is that the world tells you that you ought to have. But you need to be clothed in the armor of God. We, we have a, one of these verses here in Ephesians 6 and verse 12. is the verse that we have on our wrestling mats and, 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 and relevant to us today. Look in Ephesians chapter 6 and start with verse 10. And in verse 10, he tells us now, and it's a command to us, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Look, you can be as stout as, as anybody in here. You can bench press as much as anyone in here. You can squat or deadlift as much as anybody in here. You can, you can be someone that sets some national record, and you have nothing Nothing that compares to the strength of Satan and his power as a lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. You know, I mentioned this before, but do you realize in the book of Revelation that God uses four angels to take out a third of the population of the world and could have destroyed the entire world with four angels? Four. You think? You know, I've seen people post this on Facebook you know, and they say, you know, people tell me to beware of the storm. I'm not worried because I am the storm. No, you're not. <laughs> you're nothing. You are nothing in comparison to that lion. You know, if, if, if we had a lion come in here, what would we do? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd be climbing inside this pulpit and shutting the door. Say, y'all are on your own. <laughs> Trip Wayne, who's already wounded, you know, hey, it's you on him for a while where we can get out, you know. Now, it's, you, you think about the power of one of those. Man, I, I, I've watched some of those hunting videos where, where those lions have attacked a human, and I'm, you talk about intimidating. You better know how to shoot, and, and you better know how to pray. And, and the devastation and how quickly someone can lose their life. And oh, how we need to understand that the only way that we survive today is through God's power, God's protection. God allows little things to happen to us in our lives. And, and you might think, hey, this is pretty big. And this is really devastating to be able to handle this in this life. And I know, I know that they are. You know what you're going to find? 
you're going to find when you get to heaven that it was all worth it. It was all worth it. And we need to reshape our focus on things today and not be so in love with the world, but, but truly to be in love with our Savior and to take those things that's going on in our life and use them to help others along the way. But, but to do this and to develop a plan where we can help others, we, we need to develop this and we need to understand that our strength comes only from God. And he goes on, put on the whole armor of God. And that's a command, put it on, never take it off. One of those things that, that you do and you keep it on and you never let go and, and you, you always have it on. You go back and read about Nehemiah and whenever they were building the wall, it says that they didn't even sleep. They, they took turns and they were constantly building and they were constantly uh, protecting each other along the way. And it said that they only changed clothes every once in a while whenever they, they took a bath and, and to clean up. And I'm sure it wasn't very often. It was probably when you walked by about... Uh, 12 feet from them and you could smell them you say hey buddy you really need to go I'll stand here and wait for you why don't you go take a bath and then come back and that's the only time that it says that they took off their armor and and set down their bow or set down their weapon or whatever it is that they had and, and here he tells us we need to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil you don't stand against the wiles of the devil in your own strength we're, we're wiped out quickly by that you think that you're a Samson and can kill a lion with your bare hands? I don't think you have that in you right now. God supernaturally gave Samson that strength and power to do that. We don't have it right now, but I, I can tell you that, that in your own self, you're not going to have it. But in God's strength, when the lion comes, when Satan comes, you can stand against him only through him. It's God that does it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, our little guys did well yesterday in the wrestling, and, and honestly, by well, I, I don't care whether, and, and, and look, I'm not a snowflake, and, and it's not about this, but I really don't care whether they win or lose when come home with a trophy. What I care about is do they win in the character test? Do, do they win in the test of, of did they quit or did they give it everything that they had? You know, that, that is what marks character. And, and, and I don't care how cool you might think you look or, or, or those kinds of things. What matters is, what are you going to do in the fight? And are you going to give up? Or are you just going to lay down and say, well, I can't do it? Or are you going to fight until the end? Well, you think about this word wrestle here. We're not talking about a wrestling match to whether you win a prize or not or whether you win a trophy. This is whether you live or die. You ever given thought to that? You ever given thought that, that Satan not only wants to destroy you spiritually, but he wants to destroy you physically? He wants you to get to the point where you think you can stand on your own, and he just keeps pounding, and he keeps attacking, and then, then you realize in your weakness, no, I can't do this alone. And so instead of going to the Lord, you, you turn your back on him, and you, you start trying to find that false bravado in, the, in, in a bottle, or you try to find it in some pills, or you try to find it in some drug, or, or you just walk away and think you're going to find it all in your job, or, or you're going to find your happiness and your joy in, in all the toys that the world can give you and, and all of these things and, and Satan's going to keep pounding on you and show you that all of those things are going to fall apart and, and, the, and the booze is going to become your devil and, and the pills are going to wreck your life and, and then pretty soon he's going to keep harping at you and harping at you to where finally one day you're going to lose your cool with your whole family and you're going to walk in and you're going you're gonna to put a bullet in your wife and then you're going to walk over there and you're going to stab your children in the heart with a knife and then you're going to put the gun to your head and pull the trigger and you're all going to be dead and then Satan is going to jump up and say, victory, victory is mine. You don't think it happens? It happens every day. It happens every day. And we give in to this. Oh, how we need to understand that we are wrestling against an opponent that wants your life in every aspect. And so we put on that armor and we're strong in the power of God's power and God's might. And we walk with him because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, 
Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Have that belt of truth on and the breastplate of righteousness and your feet uh, 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 shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and, and the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Look, if you are ever going to be able to help First of all, yourself and, and be able to withstand the things of the devil, then you need to understand that the battle comes from Satan, and the only power that you have is the power that God gives you, and so you put on the armor of God. You quit thinking that, that I, I don't know, whatever the world thinks and how tough you are, you need to have a plan, and the plan starts by putting on the armor of God. That's it. You need to keep it on every day. And never let go of that. So as we develop that strategy and we, well, that plan, first of all, is prepare yourself. You can't help anyone if you're not prepared. You know, I, I told my wife the other day, I, I'm terrible. I, I, I really, I, I don't know if I should admit to this or not, but I'd like to learn how to fight. You know, I would. I would really like to know what's the proper technique for throat punching somebody, you know? I mean, I, <clears throat> but, you know, I get to thinking about this, and I watch those boxers, and, and I, I don't watch the MMA guys, I mean, those guys are, I, I don't know, man, that, Tyler told me some, some Irish dude knocked a guy out the other day with his shoulder, you know, I, I don't know, you know, like, punching him with, I, I, man, my rotator cuff hurts, and that hurt just doing that, you know? <laughs> But I, uh, I, I don't know. But you know the thing that keeps me from doing that? You got to be in shape. And I was in Denver yesterday. Anytime you're in Denver, you're close enough to Krispy Kreme. And you can't really eat Krispy Kreme donuts and learn how to throat punch somebody and be in shape, you know? Round is a shape, and I like round, you know? I'm, I'm glad I'm 6'8", because it keeps it kind of in better proportion, you know? Think what I was if I was 5'3". There it is, you know, but, you know, we need to prepare ourselves, and we need to understand the battle that we're in, and, and so, yeah, I should take better care of my body, but first and foremost, I better every day be in God's Word, reading it with an open heart and an open mind, and asking God, God, show me something today that I can take and I can meditate on this today and that I can use this today. And, and, and Lord, help, help me as, I, and, and, and as I'm reading this, I'm also praying and, and I'm asking God to, to guide me and, and uh, to fill me with the Spirit. And, and in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, Be ye not drunk with wine, whereas, whereas in is excess, which is debauchery and all kinds of wicked lifestyles and terrible living, but be ye filled with the Spirit. That's what I need to be filled with every day. Every morning I need to wake up. And what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Look, the Holy Spirit, if I know Christ is my Savior, He is indwelling in me right now, okay? And He is a person. He's not something that comes and goes. He is something that is in me from now and, and, and now until eternity. I'm not sure how that works even in heaven, but says that He will be with us even in eternity. And so whenever we think about that, He is a person he ha I have all of the Holy Spirit that I'm going to get, okay? You're not going to have another Holy Spirit come and give you a second anointing or something. You have all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get, okay? But he, didn't, he does give us a command, though, that we need to be filled with the Spirit. You go on in that passage in Ephesians 5, and, and it says that part of that filling of the Spirit is you're going to be singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, and and, and you're going to be submitting one to another to the Lord. And, and wives are going to be submitting their husbands. Husbands are going to be submitting to God and, and loving their wives as the church has uh, loved the church, as Christ has loved the church and given himself for. Children are going to obey their parents. And, and fathers are not going to be provoking their children. But we're going to see all of that. That's all a part of being filled with the Spirit of God. 
And so it means that you're going to wake up in the morning and, and, and you're going to wake up and your thoughts are going to be on, Lord, what is it that I can do today to honor and glorify You? Lord, I want You to take my life and, and use it. And so I'm going to read Your Word in the morning and have a plan that, God, You're going to take this. And, and look, it may just be one verse that you read and you meditate on it and chew on it all day, but God, help me to understand what is it yet you are telling me in this passage that, that I need to know and use that? And, and you're praying and you're asking God, Oh Lord, help me to walk in your spirit today. And, and Lord, protect my family and help them to do the same thing. And, and, and help me to, uh, uh, to, to be what it is that I need to be for those around me and so that I can make the right decisions and live the right way. And, and oh God, help me to be the husband that I need to be. Help me to be the dad that I need to be. Help me to be the pastor that I need to be for our church family. Uh, help me to be the kind of person in this community that, that you want to use me and, and be a tool and, and you just walk through the day and, and you're always in that constant state of prayer and asking God to show you and guide you and all the decisions that you're making and, and by the end of the day and, and you sit down and you're, and you're taking a breath and you look up and you think, you know what? That was a victorious day. And God has used me. And I was able to share the word with this person and encourage this one. And, and then this one came and, and sought counsel. And, and Lord, I, I gave them what your word says and, and, and was a productive day in that. And, and, and that's how you stay in shape spiritually. You walk in the Spirit every moment of the time that you have. And you're prepared for that. You do the devotions, you read, and you pray, and you walk, and the Spirit of God changes your life. It changes the way you look at things. You don't have time to be looking at all the junk. But, you know, that's what Satan does. Lord, I'm, I'm looking straight ahead. Billboard, you know. And there's God, or the devil, pulling you over this way. You know, or you're walking along and squirrel, you know, and here you are headed off this way all the time, all the time. And as you walk in the Spirit, you're filled with the Spirit. You can avoid those, but you have to have the plan. How do you strengthen yourselves as they did? You plan and you prepare yourself. One who fails to plan, plans to fail. So set up a plan. We're not going to get very far today. We're not going to get through all these points. I'm just letting you know that now so you can breathe a sigh of relief, all right? We might be here till the Super Bowl starts this afternoon, you know? But you need to have a plan, first of all, to prepare yourself. You also need to have a plan to worship God. That is part of being filled with the Spirit of God. We, we need to... We, we need to uh, plan and prepare ourselves with devotions and, and prayer and, and uh, being filled with the Spirit, but we also need to have plans to worship Him the way that, that He deserves and, and, and doing those things that are honoring and pleasing to Him and have that kind of attitude. And in Psalm 95, I, I love Psalm 95, but uh, look in Psalm 95 and, and just a uh, first six verses or so, I'll, I'll try to read these quickly, but Oh come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His and He made it. And His hands formed the dry land. Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is God. And we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand today. You will hear his voice. Oh, how we need to worship him. We need to worship him privately. We need to worship him corporately. That's the, one of the first things we do. That's why we sing. We, we sing, and, and why do we use the hymns? We use the old hymns that, that are there to glorify God. I, I, we don't need to think about the desperate situations we're in. We need to think about the one that pulls us out of those desperate situations. We need to give him honor. We need to give Him glory through all of that. Can you imagine? That man must have been walking in the Spirit. I can't remember which one it was now that, 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 that uh, um, wrote, It is well with my soul. 
but he wrote that song as he went in on the ship and went across the ocean and was at the very place where his children, the ship had sunk and his children had died, and he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. You don't write that unless you're walking in the power of the Spirit of God. Otherwise, you collapse and you fall apart. But God helped him in a great way. And oh, how we need to worship him. And, and we need to come together and worship him corporately. And, and, and it is important. And that's, this is part of that being herd bound. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10. And, and uh, he tells us, and it's a command. But it, in chapter 10, and, and uh, we'll, we'll start with verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. You ever have doubts in your mind? You ever, and, and let, let's say that you, look, I had these doubts years and years ago. I trusted and accepted Christ when I was a kid. Then there were times where I'd hear a high-powered preacher come along, and, and then I'd kind of have some doubts in my life. And anyway, through a lot of study, a lot of prayer, settled it in my heart, settled it in my mind. But, but there were times where there, those doubts were there in my life. You may be having some of those doubts also, okay? And here he tells us, and he tells us, let us hold fast the profession, the confession of our faith. Look, if there's been a time in your life, and you may not remember the exact day, the exact time, but you can remember in your life, maybe you were a small child, or maybe you were an adult, but you didn't write the date down or whatever, but, but you can go, and, and there is a time where you understand that, hey, I'm not sure when it was, but I know that my faith is in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know that He died on the cross. I know that He was buried. I know that He died and that He was buried and that He rose again. And I know that He did that for me. And I know He's in heaven today making intercession for me. And I may not understand everything about the Bible, but I know that my faith is in everything that He has done and in absolutely nothing that I've done. It's only in Him. Well, I, I want you to know that what I just did is I hopefully helped to strengthen you in your faith. And if you weren't here, you wouldn't have heard that. And you could still be struggling. You still may. I'm telling you, hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Hold fast to what He has written. His Word. He will fulfill his word and the promises that he gives us. But then he goes on. <laughs> I love this verse. The first part of it, I always take it out of context. And let us consider one another to provoke. That's what I tell my wife. I said, I have a gift. I provoke you, right? And then she says, yes, but you have to read the rest of the verse. Unto love and to good works. Well, I don't know why we have to do that. I just kind of like run like the Mormons today. We'll just take verses out of context, make us say what we want to, right? And so, but it says, let us consider to notice, to observe others. 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 You can't do that if you're hiding out at home. You can't do that I, I don't know how honored I should get about this, but you can't do that sitting out on your boat in the middle of the lake with nobody around you. You can't do that sitting on a rock somewhere saying that you're worshiping God while you're out hunting. You can't do that when you sit at home watching the Chiefs beat up on the 49ers. You do that by being around believers and worshiping God and hearing from His Word. It is important. We need to be heard bound. You know, the, the ones that are doing that, walking in the Spirit, praying, having the devotion, and look, it's always a challenge. I know that. You guys, you guys pay me to study the Word, so it, it's a little easier for me because I can lock myself away, and, and, and I have the time to do that. I know you guys all have jobs, different things like that, but you must develop a plan and a strategy and you need to set the time apart and aside so that God can work in your heart and use you. And then part of that is to come together because those that are doing that are the part of the herd that's right smack in the middle of the herd. 
but there's some of you that are on the outside. Now, there's some on the outside that are pretty tough. And they're the ones that help keep the lion at bay. And they're tough, and their hide is tough, and their shield is up, and they're, and they're guarding, and they're protecting. But then there's some of you that are just, as the one little kid said, ooching away. And you're ooching away from the rest of the herd. And pretty soon, bang! That woke you up, didn't it? The lion just got you. The lion just got you. You see, when God commands something, sorry, Tony, didn't mean to give you a heart attack. But when God commands something, wouldn't you think if it's a command, he means it to be very important? Because then he goes on, not only do you consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's a command to stop doing it. Stop doing it. Stop forsaking the gathering of yourselves together. Stop thinking that other things are more important today. Stop thinking that you are tough enough that you can grab a little morsel of meat on a Sunday morning and then walk through the rest of the week and think that you are going to defend yourself against Satan who could destroy you with the wipe of his hand. Stop thinking that you're an island of yourself. Stop thinking that you're the lion. You're the sheep. And now we need to understand how herd bound we should be. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as man or son is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We plan, but then that second point is we need to engage. We need to engage with each other. We need to help each other. How in the world are you ever going to find out those that are going through the same issues that you're going through unless you engage? I, I mean, I could, you know, I could have every, you know, but I don't want to do this, all right? But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, all right. Uh, here's one. Uh, those that wrote on there, the worst thing that I did was eat a Krispy Kreme donut. All of you who wrote that down, that the worst thing I did was eat a Krispy Kreme donut, raise your hand. I want you guys to go meet in that back corner and get things right and help each other out. Okay? I'm just using that as an illustration. Okay? I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to have to be the one, hey, those that dealt with this, you know, go this way or or you need to go over and help this one. You know what you need to do? You need to ask God, as you are walking in the Spirit, as you are filled with the Spirit, God, send me someone in what you have used in my life to help somebody else today. And He will. And He will. And you know where He wants to start? He wants to start right here. Right here with us. When we get ourselves patched up, and, and that, you know, and I'm not saying we delay, but as God patches us up, then he takes us out into the community. Then he takes us out into the county and the state, the country and the world to help patch up others and help them. But it starts right here. It starts right here. How in the world can we ever be effective anywhere else if we can't even help each other? We have to help each other. You know what you find? You find that when you're, you're busy doing those things, that, that God starts healing you from the inside out. And he uses you greatly. God wants to do that in your life today. So how do we have this mindset to help others? Well, we already saw the first two points. We need to understand Christ is the owner. Secondly, we need to, to take responsibility and then thirdly, we need to have a plan. We need to have a plan. God, how do you want to use me? And, and I'll do it. But that plan, you need to make sure that you're ready to be used. And so in that plan, you are preparing yourself, strengthening yourself through the power of His power and His might, putting on the armor of God, 
walking in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit at every moment, and then you engage. You engage with those around you. And God starts taking, I think it's amazing to see what already God is doing here. But how far can God take this if we would be willing? You know what? Somebody might come to you and say, look, I know what you're going through right now because I went through it and you're wrong in what you're doing. And you need to get it right in your life because... You think it's bad now? Wait till he tears down all the walls of your city and destroys your loved ones around you. That, that lion comes in and destroys everything around you because you think that you can walk away from the herd and do whatever it is that you want. Get back to the herd. Do what's right in your life. Walk in the Spirit of God. Act like a saved person. Act like what God would want you to act like. Well, how's that? I don't know. Read the Bible. He'll show you what he wants you to do. He'll help you. And then look to help others. And God will strengthen us. And he'll take us and use this church family in a way that we could never imagine. And that is what it's about. Because believe me, we know 13 funerals in nine months, six of those people under 40 years old, Life is short. Life is short. But eternity is eternal. The only thing that's important. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you take us and use us. I pray that you help us with the plan and how we can strengthen our hands through your power, through your might. Help us be prepared to be used, willing to be used, and then let us engage in those around us. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit and how he engages in our hearts. He shows us things in our life that we need to get right. He shows us in our life the weaknesses that we have. He shows us the, our strengths and, and uses those. And Lord, I pray that you are searching the hearts today. And I pray you're showing each one what it is that they need to be doing. Lord, we know it's not the doing that saves us. First and foremost, our faith needs to be placed in you as our Savior. I pray that each and every person sitting in here knows that. And if there's one that doesn't, I pray that today you convict their heart, show them that, Father, in all humility, they come to you, trusting and asking you to save them and believing with all of their heart that you will. That, they, that you will... Show them their sin in their lives. Lord, it makes them sick. Father, you're the only one that can wash us of those sins. I pray that you work in that heart. 